We've got a battle for the fifth spot in the Dodgers rotation. We might know the position players on the Dodgers opening day roster. And Julio Diaz reflects on his time at the World Baseball Classic. That's what's on tap, so make sure you keep it locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Lockdown, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time App. Download the Game Time App, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are Lockdown Dodgers. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Lockdown Dodgers and subscribing each of those places and you never miss a day because you know we're not going to uh and yeah you know we're not going to miss a day sorry if there's any uh extra noise in the background or anything uh jeff and i are both currently not at home uh but i had to come up here in new orleans uh, on the rooftop to kind of find or not the rooftop but up top to find some wi-fi so uh we apologize for that but we are here to bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning this is your first time listening to watching. I'm Vince Samperio, my co-host Jeff Snyder. Uh, we're both lifelong Dodger fans that have spent time covering the team, that continue to cover the team, spend time all over Dodger Stadium. So we're here to bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And that's what we're here to do today. Or that's what I'm here to do today. Uh, coming, like I said, coming to you straight from New Orleans, uh, next to the pool area out here, because that's where the best Wi-Fi reception was. Um, but yeah, let, let's hop into it. Uh, Dave Roberts said that Tony Gonsolin would need time to ramp up uh, coming back from his ankle injury so that the Dodgers are going to need a starter for about a few weeks, he said. And with that being said, we, we know that the other day he mentioned Ryan Pepio, Michael Grove, and Andre Jackson as three names uh, that would be really competing for that fifth spot. Realistically, it's coming down to, and, and he said just as much yesterday, coming down to, or he said, uh, it's pretty close between Ryan Pepio and Michael Grove in terms of who's going to get that rotation spot. And when you look at the spring stats, which, you know, spring stats, we know it's, you got to take some with a grain of salt uh, because guys are working on different things, but they've both made the same amount of start. They've both started five games. Pepio's thrown an inning and a third more. Pepio's struck out 19 and 13 innings. Grove struck out 14, 12 innings, area of 329. Michael Grove has an area of 438. Michael Grove leads in whip at 105. Ryan Pepio, 139. Grove's walked only one in those 12 innings. Pepio's walked five and 13 innings. So, yeah, the, it, it's, it's close in the sense of you don't think the Dodgers are going to start the year with Pepio in the major leagues because realistically Pepio is the better prospect he is has the better stuff he is the better pitcher and if you're going to get a few weeks which is at least three or four times through the rotation then there's no reason to start Pepio down in the minors so it might be a little bit of lip service on Dave Roberts and it might be you know, a little bit of a confidence boost on the end of Michael Grove but I just can't realistically see a way that Michael Grove beats out Ryan Pepio for a starting spot in this rotation. 
Depio's looked really good. And, you know, Michael Grove has looked good, but everything Michael Grove does is a little bit uh, elevated in the sense that you weren't expecting too much out of him in a sense, uh, you know, not at least not compared to Pepio. And, you know, we, we've talked about Grove and last year I came straight from AAA, first, but it was more out of necessity rather than uh, actual, you know, I mean, obviously he deserved it to a certain extent, but it was a little bit more out of necessity because the Dodgers needed an arm at the time last year uh, when they did come. Pepio did pitch yesterday. He went four and two-third inning. He about five hits, three runs, two walks, six strikeouts in those four and two-third innings. So, yeah, while he's not perfect, the Dodgers, as a number five starter, don't necessarily need him to be perfect. They just need him to get comfortable. And this is something that I think if it, from what we've seen, at least in real major league games, Michael Grove seems more comfortable than Ryan Pepio. Ryan Pepio came up last year, had, you know, had decent peripherals and decent numbers overall, but you know, did struggle with throwing strikes and did struggle with, uh, you know, locating his pitches. His changeup didn't quite work because of him trying to work on a slider in the offseason. So then he neutralized his best pitch a little bit in order to try to be a three-pitch pitcher. Didn't quite work out. But, you know, like I said, all that being said, Ryan Pepio is probably going to be the guy that gets the start for the Dodgers. And, you know, he's – after his first appearance in the spring, which is one inning, he struck out one. After that, he's averaging over a strikeout an inning in every other appearance. Uh, he's got at least two innings in every appearance, you know, two innings, three innings, three innings, four and two-thirds. He's built up, but he'll be able to at least go give you, you know, five, six, whatever the case is. Um, he did only throw 36 pitches yesterday, I believe, if this is correct. Um, that doesn't sound right, but I guess it's possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pepeo's the guy. He's the guy that is expected to be in your rotation at some point. Um, you know, unless Gavin Stone or Bobby Miller kind of surpass him in the next couple of years. But he's the guy right now. If you're going to need a few weeks, which is at least four weeks, which is at least three, four times through rotation, there's no reason not to have Ryan Pepeo there. And, you know, Michael Grove is going to fill that role of, that he filled last year. Come up when they need him. They need a six starter, you know, spot start. You come up. And he's already filled that role to a certain extent last year. So there's no reason to believe that he won't be able to fill that role again this year. And, you know, if you're going to go, you know, we've seen that role in the past. The Ross Shipley role, the Mitch White role, these guys weren't heralded prospects. They were guys that worked themselves and they were capable of being a major league pitcher. Maybe not necessarily in everyday or, you know, in the starting rotation, at least initially. Or, or they were good enough to be in, in a starting rotation, not, not necessarily the Dodgers starting rotation. Um, but yeah, Grove will, will kind of fill that role into the next spot. If you'll get started in the major leagues, you know, get four or five starts down, whatever it is, and then, you know, head back down to the minors, unless he pitches really well. And then the Dodgers will have a little bit of a dilemma on him, not to see how, how Syndergaard's pitching, not to see how some of these other guys are throwing. But yeah, that, I think Ryan Pepio is going to be that guy that gets Sonny Duncan's spot on the opening game last week. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the opening day roster in the terms of position players. The Dodgers made a couple more uh, spring cuts yesterday, which leaves the picture a little bit more clear or a little bit more murky if the Dodgers decide to get a little bit uh, interesting with it. But that's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Game time. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time App. 
have you ever needed tickets last minute and you're looking and oh man these tickets are too much or oh man you know these fees are too much or it, it gets stressful if you you didn't buy tickets on time now you're trying to find tickets last minute and you know you, you don't know where to find the best prices well game time app is here for you download the app check it out you can look by location you can look by teams you can look by score you can look concerts whatever you're looking for they got easy to find and buy tickets for any kind of event in your area the area they got images of seat views they got the lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection job loss protection etc there's a bunch of different things for you so you don't have to plan months ahead if you forget just go to game time use the game time app and go get you some tickets for you know opening day next week if, if i think i believe opening day is sold out or close to sold out for the dodgers so you're going to get some tickets go to get the game time app and do it right now Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On MLB code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So the Dodgers made some more spring cuts yesterday. Uh, one of those being. Ryan Ward, one of those being Yanni Hernandez. So now there are only 12 healthy position players on the current 40-man roster. And if you believe everything that's been said so far this spring, uh, Jason Hayward will be that 13th position player on the opening day roster. They still have to get him on the 40-man roster, but he'll be on the 40-man roster. So this says that James Altman is going to be on the Dodgers opening day roster. Unless, for some reason, the Dodgers believe that Bradley Zimmer or Steven Duggar or utility man Luke Williams uh, has a better case for being on that opening day roster, which I can't say, I can't see why that would be a case, but uh, we just have to consider them. They're still there, um, and we go from there. But barring any, you know, I think it would be, an overreaction of sorts to not have James Altman on the opening day roster in favor of a guy like Steven Duggar or in favor of a guy like Bradley Zimmer, just considering, you know, 40 man roster spots are hard to come by. You don't really want to make moves if you don't have to, if you already have enough players that are on the, the roster, you know, making room for Jason Hayward is one thing, making room for Steven Duggar or making room for Bradley Zimmer is another thing or Luke Williams. So, I believe this means James Altman is going to be on the opening day roster. Now the question becomes, is he going to be the starting center fielder on the opening day roster? Is he going to be a somewhat everyday outfielder for the Dodgers to start the season? And you look at the numbers and it's hard to say no, because James Altman's having an incredible spring. Uh, you know, spring training, yes, we understand that you're not always facing complete major league pitchers and you might be facing guys that are focused on, you know, working on certain things, whatever the case. But it's not like everyone else is hitting, you know, the way James Altman is hitting this spring. Uh, so, you know, in terms of, of the, in terms of production. So, you know, James Altman's had 17 games, 41 plate appearances or at-bats. He's got two doubles, a triple, two homers, nine RBI. Five walks in those 41 at-bats, 15 strikeouts in those 41 at-bats, which is, you know, kind of, I guess, standard for him. If you believe in average, he's in 268. His on-base percentage is 354, though. His OPS is 866. So, 
yeah, I mean, realistically, there's not too many that are outperforming him that are fighting for a similar role as him. Um, you know, even Jason Hayward has kind of fallen off a bit. He's hitting 220 with a 719 OPS. Um, you know, had those two home runs early on, but really hasn't hit much since. He does have a few doubles, but Hayward's basically become a singles guy if he does hit around this time. You got Chris Taylor, who's hitting 119 with the 435 OPS this spring, you know, who's going to be competing for outfield spot. You've got, you know, and you look at the other guys that are fighting for the roster spotter that are still on the roster currently, or, you know, still in major league camp. You mentioned Luke Williams. He's hitting 152 with a 616 OPS. You got Steven Duggar hitting 156 with a 589 OPS. And then you got Bradley Zimmer, who's hitting decent 276 with a 762 OPS. Uh, but he does have 16 strikeouts and 29 at-bats, so almost a 50% strikeout rate. That's not going to play. Um, and, yeah, obviously, if if the – you know, if James Altman's not going to be an everyday type of player and they start him in the minor leagues and they have someone like a Duggar or Luke Williams or, you know, Bradley Zimmer on the major league roster to start the year and they're, you know, fourth, fifth outfielder type, they only play maybe on Sundays when guys need rest, I suppose it's not the end of the world, but it makes no sense because the Dodgers don't have a clear-cut favorite to be an outfield. You know, if James Outman's playing center field, you got David Peralta, you got Chris Taylor, you know, you got Jason Hayward and to to fight for time and let you got Trace Thompson to fight for time in left or fight for time in center to with Outman. Uh, you know, Mookie Betts is pretty entrenched to right, but Mookie Betts is going to play some second base this time when, when this year when they go Vargas needs time off. So then you're going to have three empty spots available in the outfield so i don't see a conceivable or logistical or justifiable way to not have james outman on the opening day roster uh and not be a guy that's playing you know 75 80 percent of the time just based on spring performance based on you know jason hayward if his swing isn't miraculously uh fixed or or you know it struggled throughout the, the, the entire spring after the initial like fun of oh, Jason Hayward's back where the Dodgers takes them. You know, he's serviceable defensively, but he's not serviceable offensively. You know, Trace Thompson is a guy that was in and out of the league for four years and had a you know nice solid year for the Dodgers last year. But you know realistically it's it's not a guarantee that he's gonna be giving you major league value and production. Uh, you would hope that he is. And even so, you know, it, it's not necessarily guaranteed. And then, you know, you got David Peralta. David Peralta is a major league player. Uh, he should be productive. Obviously, last year with the race, he struggled a little bit. But um, he played well for Team Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. So you would, it would appear that he is ready to go and, and ready to play. And then, you, you know, Steven Duggar, I'm sure, is a nice guy. But... To be on, you know, to be on the roster over, over James Outman, and I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure there's opt-outs for Duggar and Zimmer in their contracts that probably come up for them in spring. Just want to try to catch on somewhere, and like, I, I don't see. Oh, we need to keep Bradley Zimmer, or we need to keep Steven Duggar in the organization. So James Outman, you're gonna, you know, you had a great spring. You were one of the highest OPS players on the team, and you know, you've worked really hard this offseason, but we really need one of these guys that have never been really that good in the major leagues. Uh, we really need them on the roster, and we need you to go to AAA and play. And I, I just can't see it. 
you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen and, and there is, you know, James Allman does start every uh, – is on the Dodgers, but on the OKC Dodgers to start the year. I wouldn't be surprised, but at this point there's no real justifiable, conceivable way for it to make sense for the Dodgers, especially considering – that Chris Taylor has struggled and that you don't know what you're going to get out of Trey Tomkins. You don't know what you're going to get out of James Allman, but you know that he has potential to do damage in the major leagues. We, we saw it last year. We've seen it in the spring. And, you know, he brings a threat to the plate every single time. And, you know, he's cut down his strikeouts a little bit so far in the spring. Obviously, competition's not 100% there, so he could conceivably be back up or, you know, striking out a lot of the times. But he brings a threat to the plate, which is what you can't say for a lot of these guys that he's competing for a roster spot with. So, yeah, I, I believe James Altman is going to be on the, on the opening day roster, and I believe James Altman is going to be playing center field a lot more often than not for the Dodgers coming uh, up in this regular season. So. Julio is back from the World Baseball Classic. He's set to start on Friday for the Dodgers. He talked about his time there uh, with Team Mexico, who had a great run into – the semifinals, uh, lost a tough one in, in walk-off fashion to Japan. Uh, but we're going to see what Julio had to say and just talk a little bit more about World Baseball Classic uh, yeah, because it, it's still relevant in a certain way. So that's what's on tap to make sure we keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money lines, point scores, and threes trained. You can bet on NBA if you want to. Lakers got a bunch of important games coming up. Anthony Davis, you know, for the most part, he's been dominant uh, more often than not these last few weeks. I want to put the money on him to have a certain amount of points or a certain amount of rebounds. Uh, you know, hit, hit some overs there. You can do that. You can hit money lines. You can hit total score. You can hit the spread the game and you can get a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay where you can put multiple bets in on the same game so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba all right, let's finish up talking a little bit more about World Baseball Classic, a little bit about Julio Diaz and his time uh, with Team Mexico. Like I mentioned, if you didn't watch the World Baseball Classic, Julio and Austin Barnes were on Team Mexico. They made it into the semifinals. They won their pool. They beat Team USA in pool play. They advanced. They beat Puerto Rico in the quarterfinals. Um, and then they had they were had a lead going into the ninth inning against Japan into the bottom of the ninth. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for them. They allowed a couple runs. Japan went on to win the entire thing. Uh, but now Julio is back with the Dodgers. Austin Martin is back with the Dodgers. And, you know, we've seen a lot of players talk about their experience with the World Baseball Classic. Adam Amright said it was the most fun he's had playing baseball. Mike Trout's already committed to 2026 to play for Team USA. Um, you know, we have the Otani Trout matchup, which is incredible. Uh, but Julio spoke a little bit about the experience and he said, quote, Honestly, you just have to live it in order to be able to feel it. It was something I was really motivated to do. It was a blessing to get that deep in the tournament. But the most important thing was to represent the country and feel the energy in the clubhouse. You honestly don't feel that in other clubhouses, only that Mexican clubhouse. No, Julio didn't have 
the greatest time on the field. He, he won five innings, gave up three, three runs in his first game against Colombia. He gave up four runs in the first inning against Puerto Rico in the quarterfinals. Um, he ended up settling down and giving, giving Team Mexico some length. Uh, and then they were able to come back later in that game. But, you know, he, um, along with many other people have mentioned, you know, Trey Turner said that that Grand Slam was one of the biggest hits of, or one of, if not the biggest hit of his career. Jay Otani called it one of the greatest moment of his life. Uh, and Julio talked about that too. He said, obviously during the World Series, I was able to throw the last pitch and get the last out, but this was just different. We all had the same goal in mind, which was to grow the game in Mexico, and we did that. And yeah, I mean, like I said, Team Mexico, they had some of the best numbers in terms of tuning into the World Baseball Classic compared to the last one. I believe they had almost a, a over 100% increase in, in following uh, in terms of viewership from the last World Baseball Classic. And, you know, to Mexico was different because they had a lot of major league players that a lot of pretty much their own entire starting lineup for the most part was major league players. The entire starting rotation was major league players. Uh, the bullpen was a little bit more of a mixed bag, but either way, you know, they were able to, to represent and, and show. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they don't speak Spanish or they're not necessarily born to Mexico or not necessarily. They weren't born to Mexico. You know, Austin Barnes, I don't believe speaks Spanish. If he does, he's keeping it on the low. He wasn't born to Mexico. Um, you know, a lot of people were surprised when he was on the on the roster, but, you know, they want to represent their heritage or they want to represent the culture. They want to represent, you know, you know, Freddie Freeman played for Canada first. Bomb. I'm sure a lot of these players that play for, for a lot of these countries, they, if they're, you know, American born, that they want to represent for, you know, a family member or the culture, the heritage, whatever the case is, that's what happened here. And, and a lot of these guys, we, you know, there's been a lot of takes on social media the last few or a couple of weeks with the World Baseball Classic, especially after the injury to Edwin Diaz, you know, meaningless games, exhibition games, blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's all a matter of what is important to you. And for these players, playing for their country, representing their country is likely more important than playing for the major league. And it, it's, it comes with the perspective of these players know they're getting paid by a major league team that their reason, you know, their livelihood is based on MLB teams and MLB salaries and all that stuff, kind of stuff. But, you know, they want to play for their country. They want to represent their country. And it's a, just a different experience. You know, it's like, if you know, I love my job, but it's still a job. And if I could just go to every Dodger game and just be there and cover the team and not have to worry about it, you know, for myself. Yeah. It's a different experience. Obviously that's you know, not an exact uh, comparison, but you know, playing in MLB while it might be fun and, and it's, you know, you make money and all this other kind of stuff. That's still a job at the end of the day. And I, I think that's what a lot of people miss in the perspective of it is like, well, you know, they're not paying, you know, you're not making any money over what's the classic or you're, you know, you're representing your country, all this other stuff. And it's like, look, man, if you care more about that, then that's you. But almost every player that has played in it has said something to the extent of the most fun they've ever had. The clubhouse is great. The energy was great. The fans were great. Um, you know, and, and there's people out there like, Basically, MLB is the end-all, be-all, and everything else is kind of under it. I know I saw someone say that, 
you know, talking about Team Japan, we're like, you know, obviously Team Japan or people in Japan are watching the game because they have a crazy market share in terms of number of people watching the game. Like, well, obviously they had that because they don't have professional baseball in Japan. And it's like, okay, you know, the Japanese league is probably the second best league in the world and produce, help produce guys like Shohei Otani, who is one of the best players in baseball, if not the best. Well, for me, he's the best player in baseball, hands down. Um, but, you know, that's, that's not a conversation for right now. So, yeah, it, it, it's just a different experience. And, you know, in America, there's patriotism and, and there's pride. But it, I don't necessarily see it the same because a lot of these, you know, a lot of fans in the Dominican Republic don't really have teams. They're following players. or And they're following the national team when the national team plays. So for a fan in the Dominican Republic, you know, or a fan in Puerto Rico, because a fan in Puerto Rico, beating Puerto Rico, or Puerto Rico beating the Dominican Republic is the biggest deal in the world in terms of baseball. And if Kiki Hernandez and the Red Sox won a World Series, I'm sure they'd be happy for Kiki Hernandez, but it's not the biggest thing in the world. And, you know, it's all about that perspective of, you know, what matters. And, and you know, we, we've seen it in other sports. And for it to kind of play out the way it did in the World Baseball Classic in terms of great games, um, and then to end with Otani versus Trout, like that's ridiculous. And, and it was a fun time. I'm always going to stand for the World Baseball Classic, uh, you know, and I've had people ask me, like, oh, what if Julio got hurt? And it's like, look, man, it sucks. Yeah, but Gavin Lux is also out for the year and he got hurt in the spring training game, which in essence is more meaningless than winning the World Baseball Classic because. People are like, oh, you know, that's your employee team, whatever. Players don't get paid in the spring training. So technically, it's meaningless. And it is part of your job, but it's a little bit of that weird loophole that you're not technically getting paid during spring training. So uh, that's the way it goes. But, yeah, uh, I'm still going to stand for a World Baseball Classic. I'm glad Julio enjoyed his time. I'm Austin Barnes, but, you know, being on social media, he enjoyed his time. Will Smith, Mookie Beth, you know, they enjoyed their time. They talked about it. And, you know, Mookie. I'm sure if he's still healthy and, and kicking in three years, he's going to be on the 2026 team. So, yeah, um, we'll wait for that to happen. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball for your second listen. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also part of that Lockdown Podcast Network routine every day. And we're also going to be found every time podcast and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Lockdown Dodgers. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure you're listening every day. Season's coming up. Jeff and I should be together more often. So why not make it part of your daily routine? You know, wake up in the morning or, or in the afternoon or whenever and you listen to Lockdown Dodgers. And, you know, during season, it's even better because the time out the game last night and it's more relevant. So. Uh, go check us out. Go find us. Go subscribe. Go do all those things. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Imperio. DMs are open on all those accounts and you can get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, search my device play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.